fans. It's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue. Faces turn red. And rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, two guys who agree with Jared Goff's plumbing choices. Chris and the Riz. Hey, hi Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions Podcast. This is episode 379. What does it take to win? This is the official Detroit Lions Podcast for Reddit. I am your dashing host, Chris. And with me is my good friend and co-host and always effervescent. Jeff the Riz Risden, how you doing, brother? It is good to be with you, Chris. It's been it's been a while since we've seen the team play. The Thursday uh, Thursday game sort of sort of throws everything off schedule, but uh, we're here. Let's, let's do let's let, let's talk some Lions football today. I'm re- I'm ready to talk this. I, I I had a wonderful weekend of going from the Lions game and what happened, and then uh, the Browns played Sunday night, and you probably all watched that, and that that didn't go so well either. And the reaction from that has been. Fun for the the other professional hat that I wear, wearing working with Browns wire. So, uh, I, dang it, I want to win, man. <laughs> Can we not step over the fact that Michigan got a huge victory over the Buckeyes? Let's let's be honest. That was that was a gigantic and the celebration afterward. It was it just brings me. It was so. Yeah, my wife was there. So um, really, so, oh my gosh, yeah. that had to be so great. She, 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 uh, she had a really good time. She, my, my wife and her mother were there. They, they, they have family seats, and uh, it took her a very long time to get out of the stadium. It took her an incredibly long time to get out of Ann Arbor. Uh, she got back home. Uh, we live in Zealand, uh, Holland. It took. She got home about eleven thirty. Wow! <laughs> so wow. it was it was it was quite a trip um, because it was it was also snowing like half the way home. But yeah, good good for Michigan. Um, I don't really care. I know you don't. You know, I know you it, don't. It, it's it's nice though to see that the rivalry is like back. I will say that the Michigan fans for not having won in a decade are a little chesty, but you know. Oh God! I, what I liked was just the absolute celebration. Good. It looked like they won the national championship, and you it know what? Did. They kind of, in a way, did after the the dark years, the dark decade that they've had. Good on them, man. Good on them. That is one of the most fun rivalries in college football. And it to really have it is. sparked and competitive, I love that concept. I love that, and I love watching that. So congrats to the the, the Michigan Wolverines. And also to Jim Brandstatter for his last broadcast from the big house. He's call. such a class dude, man. Yeah. Now he, he does get to do the, the Big Ten Championship this weekend in Indianapolis, and then he will also do – Presuming they win, and I think they will beat Iowa, he will also get to be in their college football playoff. And if things break right, they don't have to play Georgia in the first game. They could very well be in the national championship game. And that's yeah. that's that's an incredible thing for that that program, considering how they've underachieved relative to their talent level over the last 
25 years. And they've had some years. real recruiting issues. I mean, and we don't, we're, we can get back into the, uh, the lines here shortly, but this yeah. is, you talk about a boost and a boon for recruiting. This is something that will definitely help that rivalry go on, but we're here to talk lions. Yeah. We'll, we'll do that. I did want to, I did want to hit Jim Brandstetter just because he's one of my personal heroes and he's such friend a of the show. Guy. Been, on, yeah. been on our, been at our, our podcast party, uh, yeah. training camp party, what, three years ago. Yeah. 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 And he was, I was great. I was texting him after the game. It was, he's just nice. So happy. Really good guy. So, yeah. uh, all right. What about the, what about the Lions? Let's talk about that. We'll talk about the Bears game. There's a lot to talk about there. Again, it was it was a close loss, but you know it's it was a game that the Lions are, are not not so far out of a win or away from a win as they they have looked. It's not as bad as the numbers say. We'll get into that. There's hope. There's future. There's all those things. We'll get into an injury report. It hasn't been released officially, but we'll start talking about where that goes this week. Um, we're going to talk about what does it take for this team to win. Um, as I said, we're close. We've had these things, but what is it that's going to get us over the hump? Riz and I will cover that. We're going to give you an update on St. Jude. We've got a look ahead to the Bears. I've got liquid death going on and a whole lot more. Riz, we've got a great show lined up. You ready to go, my man? Oh, let's do it. Let's kick this off and break it down. All right, let's do it. Talked about a lot of fun stuff here. Um, I want to do. I do want to kind of slow it down for a minute. Uh, <laughs> just want to talk about um, and give condolences to all those and the folks at Lions on the Prowl. Uh, Jim Bordeaux yeah. from that podcast has passed. He's with Lions Nation Unite guy. He's one of the creators there. I remember when he was starting out, answered a couple questions. Did you know? Just kind of gave him a little bit of, of, of stuff to work with. Was always a good guy, a nice guy, and and, and worked hard out there. So uh, to Jim's family, friends, and colleagues, you know, thoughts, prayers, condolences, the whole thing. Um, sorry, sorry for the loss. It's a, it yeah, is a loss. He, he was a good dude. I, I was on their show once. Um, it, they treated me great. So yeah, it's it's stunning when you see that because we had just been on a video call with him with Lion Station Unite what a month and a half ago. Yeah, yeah, not, not even. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's that, that's that's rough, man. It's it's a unfortunate reminder that uh, there is life outside of football um for a lot of us and yeah it, it, it's rough man it, it that 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 hit home because he's not that much older than me and he's not far away from me either so yeah, it's yeah, yeah it's rough yeah. With that, um, just a quick announcement on our show schedule going forward. I have some family stuff I have to take. I'm hitting a plane tomorrow, actually, which is one of the reasons we're doing this today. Uh, there's not going to be a show with Tony on Friday, and we're not going to do a post-game show. I, I lucked into a ticket, same man of all people, right, uh, on uh, for the Sunday game, right? So I've, I'm going out of town to get some stuff done, but that kind of fell into my lap. So I'm actually going to go to the game and uh, we won't be doing a post game show. We'll see if we can maybe stream some video after uh, Sam Ann and I will we'll do something uh, just to kind of interact with everybody. But uh, I'm going to the game. It, I'm going to have fun because it's Ford Field. It's Sam Man, and it's always the Lions. It's our team. So, all right, let's get into this. Let's review the game against the Bears. 16 to 14 loss. Here's the hardest part about where the Lions are right now. And what makes me say that they're so close or believe they're so close in the last three games, they're only down five points total. Unbelievable. This is not, this, it's Negative five-point differential, and you're 0-2-1. That's, that's like Nebraska in college football having a zero-point differential and going 1-8 and eight in the Big Ten Conference. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, oh, man. That, that's rough, man. It, it, look, there's the concept of the, the moral victory – 
And I think we are all, as a collective Lions Nation, past that. I think we want an actual victory and not any more moral victories. Mm-hmm. But damn, they are. They're, they're not a terrible. Well, I shouldn't say. They probably are terrible, but they, they, have a, they do a very good job of bringing other teams down to their level. And I will say, you know, so I get in. They, they, they are so close. And it's frustrating because it, by and large, especially the Chicago game, they lost it on their own. They didn't. The Bears didn't win that no, game as much man. as the Lions lost it. And that's and the that's reason. Frustrating. That's the reason the rumor was so believable about the Bears firing Matt Nagy after yeah. that game, whether they won or lost. Because this is exactly whether they if, if they had lost that game. I mean, they, they sorry, they won that game, but it wasn't because they absolutely outplayed the Lions. The Lions kicked themselves in the chops. With to that, there's a couple points. One, the pass defense on this team, right, with our number four or five cornerback as a starter and Amani Arawarie as our number one cornerback. Right. Top 10 in the NFL over the last three weeks. Think about that. What? Just think about that. In, in quarterback rating allowed, they are they are eighth over that, over that three-game period. That's impressive. That's coming out of the bye. Yep. Now, there's two ways to look at it. They played... Mason Rudolph, they played an injured Baker Mayfield, and they played Andy Dalton, who I, I think is still criminally underrated. I still like Andy Dalton. He looks like a, 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 some kind of um, bust of Satan, though. The way his uh, beard and his whole facial hair setup was, it, 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 he looked like like Satan, like a character it, of Satan. He's got some definite <laughs> Baphomet going. Yeah, that's that's not, not, not a great look for him. But I would say they did well against them. Would you rather that they lit you up? Like, would you rather that Andy Dalton throws for 340 yards and five touchdowns? Would you rather that a, a hobbled Baker Mayfield with with crap receiving, by the way, the, the Browns receiving has whew, yeah. way, way the hell off a cliff. Yeah. Um, would you rather he, you know, light you up for, you know, five touchdowns, four touchdowns, a Matt Flynn game, you know, a, a, a P.J. Walker game from last year. Remember, remember back last year, um, a, a backup quarterback absolutely exploited us and was actually one of the catalysts for why there was changes at this time last year. Two days longer than a year ago, those changes happened. That's right. (laughs) Um, But by the way, week 13, 2020, the last Lions win. Oof. 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 Yeah. So it's going to be 300 the week after Thanksgiving. It'll be 364 days at the, uh, the Minnesota game. So, Hold on to your hats if you want to put a, a little long flyer on there and you're into numerology. That's where to put your money. And oh, I'm in Michigan. I get to put some money down since they stole my betting from Florida. Um, another oh, thing. That, we like those things in Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you will see on the on the television advertising, every other ad is for one sports book or another and yep. their apps. Yep. I'm, and I'm, I can't wait to get there. And, and we're open for sponsors, by the way. If you want to be the official um, uh, gam- sports gambling app, for the Detroit Lions podcast, hit me up. Yeah, yeah, for reals. Uh, all right, Lions. Um, you, Zach. <laughs> Goff is better than Boyle. This is the conversation, and I just, I'm just putting the well. Of course, start he is. with the lead, right? Everybody was saying, "Put Boyle in, put Boyle in. He can't be worse than Goff." Okay. <laughs> Yes, he can. <laughs> Your bluff has been called. <laughs> yes, yes, he can. And now the next oh card is God, Blow. Was put Blow out there. He can't be worse than. Trust me, 
He can. Okay. I like David Blau. I like his personality. I like him as a person. I don't think he's the solution over Goff. Um, now I will say on the other side of that, Goff's 128.2 QBR shows how little value the QBR brings to evaluating your quarterback because what in the heck is that? So he was very accurate. He didn't turn the ball over, which is a huge thing. Like if you yes. turn turnovers with big. Thing. Remember Matthew Stafford? Did you see that Rams game? <laughs> I did. He, uh, uh, you're drinking tea. It looks like you're <laughs> sipping tea. You, you could be Liquid Kermit death. with the, the pinky up. Yeah, Liquid Death. That's probably not good for my heart. So you can you can have that. It's literally look at it. Look what it says under Liquid Liquid Death. Sparkling water. Sparkling water. <laughs> it's literally just water. <laughs> That's that, that's a marketing scam if I've ever seen one. My 100%, goodness. 100%. Wow. Look at Good it. on you, mate. <laughs> Hell of yeah. a marketing thing going on. So, yeah. hey, so, Liquid so, Death, like, if you need a sponsor. <laughs> need, <laughs> go ahead. There you go. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I think you saw over the weekend, uh, if you watched, uh, I did not watch the Dallas game. Um, I did watch the Bills game. Uh, and Josh Allen in that game, I believe, threw four touchdowns and two interceptions and had a lower passer rating than Jared Goff. So that sort of tells you, like, like, if you complete most of your passes, and he did complete a couple of long ones. They both went for touchdowns, mercifully. Um, the, uh, the the touchdown pass, like the Josh Reynolds pass, that was nice. That was a blown coverage. The the pass, the touchdown pass to Hawkinson was the single nicest pass play the Detroit Lions have had all season. And that was encouraging. Because just from... From the schema, the schem, the, the schematics. I, I'm tired. I can't talk. The, the way that the play was designed, and the way that the receivers involved in it executed it, and golf put the ball exactly where it had to be. That is the passing offense that those of y'all who thought this team was going to win seven or eight games envisioned, and it came in week twelve. At the end of week twelve, it took that long for that masterful of a play to develop. Let me, um, no, but okay. And I'm going to say yeah, that was a great play. Absolutely. And that was, that was a planned play. That's the, what what they had in it. And they deserve credit. I think a lot of the reason it took to week 12 is because they literally had no talent at wide receiver. I want to go back though and talk about the Josh Reynolds one because, and again, I'm whatever we can argue. I don't care. I'm not here to argue though, though. but the broken Josh Reynolds play actually tells me something more and better about Jared Goff because the complaint has been that he does not look downfield. He Correct. just takes the, 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 he doesn't read downfield even. He just takes a quick read and then throws it short and, and, and that's it, right? That's, that's who Jared Goff is. That's the kind of quarterback he is. You put Josh Reynolds out there, who's probably the best wide receiver on the team that's playing right now. And all of a sudden, what happens? What happens? He's able to read a broken coverage, react to the broken coverage, and deliver the ball for a touchdown. That, again, I say that's better uh, for a read for Jared Goff than playing, you know, taking his, his, his number one receiver, his number one target on the on the uh, play and delivering the ball to him. I think that shows um, there's an impact that Josh Reynolds has on this offense already with yeah. his ability to stretch the field a bit. There's an adaptability that has been built in because Goff clearly trusts Josh Reynolds. Right. I, I think that was very clear. Right. right. Um, he, lo- he looked for him a couple of other times when when that first read, um, specifically TJ Hawkinson, who the, the Paris did a really good job of trying to take away. Um, if you watch the all 22 from the game and good luck finding it because game pass sucks. God, I want my money back. 
I really, I, I really do. It's, it's, it was, it's a lie. It's, they lied to us about what they would deliver. It, it's, it, yeah, no, that's fine. Um, it sounds like I, a Karen. <laughs> I just want, I want people to give me what I pay for or don't, I don't just, advertise it. It's such that's an, it. It, it used to be, it used to be a perfect product. It used to be, a, I used to have, I have an iPad. It's super old, but when when they first came out with the Game Pass, you could put it on your iPad. You could finger telestrate on your iPad and draw the plays. Like all <laughs> yeah. that's going, you can't. You yeah. can't now you got to pick side viewer. Oh, it's, it's such a nightmare. It, it has made my work day on Tuesdays at least twice as long as it needs to be. And let me um, tell you. For folks that are excited, I'm excited about AT and T to lose a Sunday ticket and to have a streaming option out there. They think that this is an okay product, that the degradation of Game Pass is an okay product to change, charge the same amount of money in. Be wary. Just be wary and demand more. Don't worry about sounding like a Karen or whatever. Be vocal with the NFL about what their streaming delivery service is because it would be unacceptable if it's at the quality level of Game Pass. That would be just an absolute step backward. Yeah, just. They're just inspiring people to and and, and uh, incentivizing people to use illegal streams. It's exactly what they're doing. They are. Yeah, they are. And I, I might be doing that for Cleveland Cavaliers games, too. They're fun. I would never um, condone back, such a back, back to Hawkinson. The the Bears, they had a very concerted effort to take TJ Hawkinson away yep. from, from Jared Goff. They know it, especially when, when Goff was under center and it was like second and nine or third and 11. Like they know that that's the primary read, and they they wouldn't necessarily. They did a pretty good job. Chicago's defense is actually a, a, a solid one, and their zone responsibility, their linebackers and their safeties and their corners, they all communicate really well in zone, and I make it, that's encouraging because I think that's something that the Lions can do um, when they did try to play zone in the past. It obviously didn't go very well, but the the, the communication <laughs> that was a money shot right there. For those of you who are just listening, he just uh, he just mugged with a liquid death, and it was beautiful. It belonged to a poster in a bus station or something. <laughs> Wanted poster, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah. So so, but the the fact that Goff like, okay, they're taking TJ away, and I'm going to look at him to hold the safety there for a little bit, and maybe then I'll throw it to you know I'll, I'll throw the 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 screen pass that nobody wants to see ever again, but. That kind of was what the Bears were giving them, and that's why, to your point, the, the play where where Reynolds got down the field and broke open, and there was another one where they threw it to him down the field, and it was a misfire, uh, but it was it was still a a that's the kind of throw that we want Jared Goff to make, and and to attempt, it, it and, and even yeah. just just attempt the throw. Yes, right? exactly, because that that opens things up. Look at how well Jamal Williams ran. After that first touchdown, like the, their safeties weren't as close. Their linebackers were like, oh, they, they might sucker me with play action here. I can't just cheat on that anymore. And that that is such a huge thing. You you in, in the NFL now, you throw to set up the run. You do not run to set up the throw because teams want you to run the ball. Yep. Every time you run the ball is a gift to their pass defense because they're not going to get an interference call. They're not going to get some fluky thing. Um, and your, your quarterback, if they have a, a mobile one, we don't have that. But if they can scramble, you're, you're oh my god, bad things happen. Mm-hmm. Um, the Lions, you know, they, they haven't been able to run as effectively as they could. And by the way, they are still one of the most effective run teams 
I want to say that they are 11th in running in terms of, uh, uh, what's it called? EPA, um, which is, um, it's exceeding play, it's exceeding the anticipated play value based on what they are. Yep. They're either ninth or 11th. I can't keep it straight. Um, but that's really good. Yep. This is, this is the best Lions run offense we've had since 2011. Maybe yeah. yeah, I mean it's it's been ages yeah. since it's been this good, and, and it's not just like like Swift uh, doing his thing and and Jamal doing like they're consistent with it. They've only had one or two games this year where they really haven't run the ball effectively. They haven't run it enough at times because there are times when you do need to run the ball better. Um, not on third and thirteen, not on second and eleven. Anthony Lynn, Dan Campbell, <laughs> learn that, please. The goddamn screens, Chris. I I, I can't. It's painful. I, I can't. It's painful. But I understand, right? I'm seeing it. Again, I, I'm going back to Josh Reynolds being here, and the offense changed. It tells me, and now I, I want to give Zach Jay. He made me laugh. The only throw I want to see Goff make is the throwing of the Gatorade bottle to his replacement. Um, I'm going to tell you. Next the, year. The, the Rams. <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen next year. You look at the Rams right now with Matthew Stafford. They're the same Rams as they were with Jared Goff from a record perspective. Yes, uh, they are. Yeah, mm, I'm not. I'm not saying he's a better quarterback or anything like that. I'm oh, saying God, no. There's no. some serious deficiencies at wide receiver on this team that are hampering him. It is literally a worst case scenario that exploits for the for the opposing team exploits every weakness of Jared Goff's to its maximum. He isn't could not be in a worse position. Um, then he is the line. I think that's a fair assessment. Less, less I, I get exactly what you're saying. Like the things that he's not good at are exacerbated by the situation that he's in, in Detroit right now, yeah. from coaching to play scheme to receiving talent. And that's, it, it's not great. Um, I would like to see him overcome that thank a little bit better. But, hey, thank you. Is that, oh, Hattori. Wow. Nice. Hattori and Big Bad Fab. I want to give Big Bad Fab. Oh, this, uh, he, yeah. He, I, 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 I heard it. I missed, I missed the scroll. Thank you, Hattori so and Big Bad Fab, for your donations. Let's just yes, really quick. stjude.org slash DLP. We are less than, I mean, what are we, $630 away from the $30,000 goal. We're, we're close there, folks. Ooh. Christmas for the kids. We've also got the auction going. We'll get into that a little bit, but thank you all for donating. stjude.org yes. slash DLP. All right, go ahead. Sorry. That's awesome. No, that that's that's good. So I... Now that now the thing is we got to spin it forward and and they need to build off what we saw last Thursday. Yep. Minnesota is a defense that you can exploit. They don't rush the passer well. Their their coverage is decent, but it's exploitable. It's vulnerable. If you've watched their last couple of games, you'll know it's very vulnerable. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, but you have to take the shots, and I was encouraged to see Jared Goff take those shots and have. I wrote it up in. He was one of my three stars of the game for the Lions in that game. He played well. Yeah. Um, that that Jared Goff is a quarterback that you can win with. Mm-hmm. He's not going to be the reason you win, but in that game, he was not the reason that they lost. And he has been that in, I want to say, three or four games where you can directly point like Jared Goff. If Jared Goff played better in that game, they won. Like that, that that really wasn't the case Sunday. It was um, a and, headset thurs- issue Thursday. It was the people wearing headsets. I would say I would place they, this on. Yeah, this this <laughs> loss is absolutely on Dan Campbell as a coach. And like we as Detroiters, we know as Lions fans when a coach is responsible for the loss of the game. And you damn well better believe that Dan Campbell 
was was responsible for that loss yep. more than the players on the field were. Dan Campbell and and Aaron Glenn and and Anthony Lynn the the triumvirate of suck on Thursday um, that that can't happen again. Mm-mm. It can't. I I know it. I, look, I know it's year zero. I know it's not. I, it's not year one. I know that the for expectations all for all expectations should be low. You can't have that bad of a coaching ga- a game again. You just can't because there's already people that are jumping off the bridge on that. You can't push more people off that bridge. There, there's, there's not that much room below it. No, 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 you're right. And we knew going into this year, like you said, year zero, this was going to be a tough year. It's still hard to take it. The the problem is, and this has always been the problem with the lions. You're like, okay, I'm going in with low or no expectations. And then you get that little bit of hope that the most dangerous thing in the world and the most destructive thing in the world a little bit of hope. And there's Opium. been so many games where there's just that little bit of hope where there's almost, oh, we, oh, we can do oh, three games, God. Chris, three games. They've lost on the last freaking play mm-hmm. on a field goal. At least this one wasn't a, a personal best field goal or an NFL record off, field goal. off the damn crossbar. Right. Yeah, no, that was, that was tough. So, um, the one thing that has come up, and this is Dan Campbell talking about it, and this goes to, I think some of some of what we were talking about the play, not the coach related stuff. Coaches own this one. Year zero, they're going to make mistakes. They're going to make mistakes. These are all guys who've been promoted to these positions. Part of what got them there was that they were great players, and the coaching that they've done uh, already has been great. They got put into positions where they're stretched a little bit. They're stretching themselves. We knew there was going to be some problems. We know seeing Jerry Jacobs out there, bad example, but we're going to see some problems. We're going to see mistakes along the way because you have a young guy, but that's the reality of it, right? You're playing with a super, one of the youngest teams in the NFL, a, the, a coaching staff. That's one of the, the youngest and has definitely the least amount of experience in total uh, across the, the, the coaches. And, and they have those learning together. Yeah. You're going to have like, those like learning Cam, Campbell and Glenn work together, but like Anthony Lynn's from the outside, Deuce Taylor's out, Antoine Ram, I'll, I'll all these people are coming together for the first time. And that's like to, to go real forward. I'll go a little macro here. I'm going to keep it quick. There will be changes this coming offseason to the coaching staff. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's not necessarily a reflection of failure. It's just like, I don't know if I can work with this guy. Like, I, like you know, sometimes you date somebody and you're like, you know what? I like him, but it's just not working out. The, the spark isn't there. My and wife is not going to accept this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. My, my, my wife's. Certainly not happy with my dating. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. You know, but that, that, that's that's life in football. When you're bringing together that many disparate parties, there's going to be some that just don't work out. Yeah. And that that's okay. The the What's not okay is to keep those things together. You've got to be – you've got to have the courage to make those changes. To, to go back in time, Jim Caldwell – Never understood that concept whatsoever. And he damn near got fired two years earlier because he couldn't see that the guy who's screwing up Justin Herbert in Los Angeles right now was screwing up Matthew Stafford back in the day. Yep. Yep. It's it's a hundred percent true. And he he stood behind him. Why? Uh, you know, it's it's the uh, I stand behind my guy kind of thing. Because well, remember he when Matthew made, Stafford because he hired him and he couldn't admit that he made a mistake hiring him. Matthew Stafford stood behind Jim Bob Cooter. We had him around for an extra year, which probably hampered the progress of toward what we were trying to do. What where we wound up, probably not a great place. But why they're standing behind these people are not the reason why they should be still employed. Right. And it's right. about why they're in their position, why they're still there. 
I think there's a lot of change coming. I think this is going to be that kind of cleansing year. We're cleansing ourselves of bad contracts, of dead cap, other than Jamie Collins. We're, we're cleansing ourselves of a lot of things that have have to go. And it's a tough, tough go to get there. Um, but the one thing, to Damon Campbell's credit, he said the details of what we do in the passing game have to improve. I saw that in an article somewhere. Um, yeah, you might you might have um, some guy yeah. named F.A. Rizdon wrote it. I don't some know. guy with incredibly bad hair tonight is uh, wrote that uh, this morning. <laughs> but it's absolutely. I mean, so that's the Dan Campbell quote. But it's I, I absolutely love that, true. and that that's why I specifically honed in on that quote and why I wrote it. And then T.J. Hawkinson also talked about the same thing, yep, having exactly. not heard Dan Campbell's interview just before it because he was off in a meeting room, and he came in and got a different variable of the same question. Um, and I, I want to say that it was Burkett that asked Campbell the question, and he was like, it, it didn't come across in the transcript, but you could hear it on the Zoom. It was like, he wanted like, sp- like don't just tell me that we're going to work hard. Like, tell me something specific, concrete, tangible that the fans will be able to see mm-hmm. that you're going to do to help this team get better. Um, and to Dan's, Dan's credit... Boom! He 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 spat that right out. Like yeah. we are, we got to get more attention to detail, more focus on on defense on on our passing game. And then Hawkinson's like, you know, we all know the playbook, but some of us are reading the plays a little bit different, and we all got to get on the same page. And you know, obviously that's a cliche, but in this case, like he really meant it. Like the like specifics re- of what they were reading, diagnosing, right, were yeah, were the same. Yeah. If you want to ask, if you want to see a team or a coach that's lost his team, you're not going to see that. This is no. that's one of the big indicators of how tight this locker room still is and how much they still believe that they still are focusing and believe that they have the exact same issues and that's what they need to solve in order to improve what they're doing. That's really good news beyond just that they're on the same yeah, page. That, that's plays, that's right? why I wrote that up and I, I I'm I was very happy to hear that Dan Campbell did that and and TJ reinforced it because that we all we all see that like mm-hmm. we're we're not dumb. Fans are fans are smart enough to understand the the basics of football. Like, why is why is the seven yard out that Khalif Raymond runs different than the way Amon Ra runs it, and different than the way Josh Reynolds runs it, and different than the way TJ runs it? Like, you can't do that. Like, you're asking way too much of of star quarterbacks to do that, and you're asking Jared Goff, who's on his best day, an average quarterback, to do that. That yep. that, that, that doesn't work. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, let's uh, let's keep going here. We'll keep with this. Uh, moving on to the Diamond CBD injury report and analysis. Uh, we have got I need some for my hand. I need some of the cream for my hand. I I I dis I I popped this in the back of my hand here. I'm not I'm not flipping you all off. You can see how it's like discolored. Yeah. I was taking a glove off the other day after we went Christmas tree shopping for two and a half hours, and I pulled the glove off so hard that it like snapped the tendon off down here so right. i i need some i need some cream man i need i need it it hurts oh. <laughs> that's a boo-boo oh what'd you do <laughs> um dermatologist i need some cream too <laughs> cbd cream cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com use coupon code lions get yourself 55 percent off and you'll be good to go it is the best stuff to help your rebrier what is it pain insomnia and anxiety uh take care of those things get yourself some cbd cream from diamond cbd cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com they give us a little kickback when you do that and i'm telling you i've, I've got i pull out all the time i've got stacks 
I don't say stacks, but I've got I got my cream, I got my gummies, and I got my oil right here, all to take care of life's daily maladies. So there you go. CBD.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Support the show by supporting your brain. It's a smarter thing to do. All right, the injury report. DeAndre Swift. Um, that oh God, I was so happy to hear that that was not a collarbone because I was a hundred percent sure. I said it in the Slack. Collarbone season over. That's what I said as immediately when that play happened. I was yeah. so frustrated and angry. I'm really happy to hear that it's not a collarbone. <laughs> the the unofficial diagnosis is a sprained AC joint, which is a two to five week injury. There's six weeks left. Um, he's not going to play Sunday. They they haven't officially ruled him out yet. It's only Tuesday. They haven't even had a, a full practice yet. The way that Dan Campbell said what he said about him in the Monday press conference, DeAndre Swift ain't playing Sunday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like forget about it. <laughs> yep, yep. And he might not be there for Denver. Um, the the road trip to Denver in week fourteen. I look. I'm obviously not a doctor. I'm obviously not there. I would be surprised if he plays against Denver too. And then after that, who knows? Um, that then, That's then what you, you said in that, that night in the in the Uber. You, you you didn't say you weren't a doctor. Damn you! I'm not fooled again. All right. Speaking of hand injuries, uh, <laughs> hand Deshaun Hand is no longer I with the like team. Look like the porcupine tree cover. <laughs> He's been released. There's with- like two of you in the world who know what I'm talking about. <laughs> the cover of the porcupine tree album, the incident is like that. I think there's a head injury in play here. Uh, Deshaun Hand has been released on an injury settlement. Um, I don't. I, I feel like this is this is a guy that never he was met on injured reserve five times in four years. Twenty nine games played, thirty flash, missed. Flash and miss. Flash and, and 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 then it was like waiting for the flash to come back. Um, God, these things. This is this <laughs> is something funny. that plagues it's crazy. the Lions. This plagues us. Um, Eric Schlitt pointed out this morning. Um, we interviewed him at training camp, and he talked about, you know, I'm really focused on getting healthy and, and you know, doing everything I can to, to treat my body right. The very next day, he got hurt. <laughs> some dudes, some dudes just aren't like, like his body just can't handle the rigors of playing in the NFL. It happens. Yeah, it's unfortunate because he is a talented guy. He does have some legit ability, but if he can't help the club in the tub, baby. Yeah, it, that, that that's totally it. And and this is something to look for in the draft and something Lions fans really should pay attention to as they get their their guys and, and their, their draft crushes. Look at that injury history. See what you have and know that the rigors of the NFL are much, much greater than at the college level. And if you have a guy who's getting injured on, on the regs or has a history of injury, injury it may not be it, it's worth downgrading his position from where you think he is strictly because of that, because it's only going to get harder and it's only going to get worse in the NFL. Great example. Caleb Farley, first round pick cornerback from Virginia Tech was I can I can tell you I, I know this. He was off the Lions board because he had massive injury history. He played, I think, three games for Tennessee as their first round pick. Yep. And he's gone for the year. And from what it sounds like, he might not be back next year. Uh, you can't you can't spend assets like that. Unfortunately, Han was only a fourth round pick, so you know the fact that he lasted this long is a t- with all of his injuries is a testament. He is a talented guy. He is going to p- get somewhere else. One of the reasons why the Lions did what they did was so he could go find somewhere else. Uh, don't don't be surprised if he winds up in Miami as their part part of their playoff push. And by the way, they are making a playoff push. They're only a half game out, I think, of the playoff spot. 
the there are there are teams right now who have losing records who are going to be in the playoffs, which is crazy. Washington's win the other night put them in the sixth seed in the NFC. How the hell does that happen? Washington, yeah. Oh my god! Or just ahead of um. Oh god, what's I forget his name? The quarterback, the the running quarterback, R.J. Griffin, R.G. Three. RG RG, oh, yeah. that book! That is gonna book be, is going to be scorching. Yeah, he's writing a book. Uh, y'all won't want to read that because uh, um, he—he's a bright guy. He's—he's he's a perceptive guy, yeah. and he's also a guy who understands how to market things. Yep. Like he—he's going to know how to tell that story. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> All right. Um, hand is the next Tomlinson. He'll find his way to a Pro Bowl. Don't put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> Don't do that. No. Oh man, Lincoln, Lincoln Tomlinson is the exact same dude in San Francisco. He was in Detroit. He just plays for San Francisco. Mm-hmm. That, that's the only reason he gets any acclaim. He's the exact same guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, on the better side of the news on the injury world, Ify, Ifitu Melifanwu is back. We will see him on the field. And that's good news because he's a guy that, that was looking really good before the injury. Um, was one of the guys I really wanted to see develop this year it and was. and kind of renew and refresh the Melifonwu name in the NFL. I think he has the potential to do that. So getting him back, I think, is he good. Does. Getting yeah. him some reps is good. It helps us. And it may think about it. I mean, if he winds up on that same arc and comes back strong, you've got Ifeitu, you've got Amani, and you've got Jerry. That's not a bad couple of guys. And you got A.J. Parker in the slot. A.J. Parker. That's not a bad couple of guys to revolve your secondary around. And I'll I'll tell you, for me, it takes secondary as a concern off the draft board. It completely. And and when when Okuda got hurt. Quarterback. Sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry, sorry, Quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, When Okuda got injured, I was like, well, there's another gap we got to draft for. I was just absolutely just crushed that we opened up another gigantic gaping hole that we had to fix. It looks like we may be solid here. We may be in a position that works out at cornerback. And you're right. Thank you for saying that. I just just using secondary yeah, on the offhand. We, we, we definitely, definitely need safety at least help. One safety. <laughs> um, yeah, the the Will Harris as the slot <laughs> that didn't work. They had to try it though. I mean, it was worth a try. Yep. Yep. Um, he, he can't he can't play safety. Let's see if he can play slot corner. He can't do, really do that either. So yep. that was unfortunate. Yeah, but the, getting getting the cornerbacks and and uh, Campbell did say it. Um, and it's also been expressed to us behind the scenes that Jerry Jacobs will remain the starter on the outside corner. Jerry Jacobs and Amani Oroye are the two starting outside corners. They're not sure where, if he's going to, he's going to play, mm-hmm. like he's going to play some outside. They might see if he can play inside. They might see if he can be that heavy nickel. Um, mm-hmm. He's, that's not really what his body type is suited for, but it's worth a try. I mean, see, let him prove that he can't yeah. rather than assuming that he can't. Yeah. And, and the, the, the other side of it is, is he can play outside corner in case of an injury. Right. I mean, right. that's that you have a backup then in play. And, and, the, and, and by the way, Mark Gilbert getting some reps and not, not terrible. Right. He, he was, he was solid in coverage the other day. Yep. He's yep. blissfully unaware in run defense, but he can work with that. <laughs> Jerry Jacobs with a punt return. What? Oh, he, re- he recovered the ball. <laughs> he has credit now on a punt return. Zero yards, but hey, that's okay. Uh, Jerry's our guy. Love Jerry. If you're interested in Jerry Jacobs, you can get what is potentially the first Detroit Lions jersey signed by Jerry Jacobs at auctions.detroitlionspodcast.com. Auction.detroitlionspodcast.com. We've got Jamal Williams signed ball, signed helmet. We've got DeAndre Swift signed jersey, signed ball. We've got a Penny Sewell signed ball. Jerry Jacobs signed ball, signed jersey. We've got a Colorado ski home, seven nights 
on auction. It's only like 602 bucks right now. It's a $3,000 value. We've got the um, dinner with Riz, myself, and Sandman at Prime Proper. It's like at 175 The dinner costs more than that. Get in there. Have some fun. Hang out with the boys. Go down for some fancy steaks downtown. There's a Dare McCarty Sweet Revenge puck uh with the date from uh claude lemieux so fight cool. it's awesome lots of really really cool stuff and memorabilia up there get up there auction.detroitlionspodcast.com 100 percent of that money goes to support saint jude 100 paying for all the the, the costs the, the, all the administration everything to get the stuff sent around it's all coming out of my pocket so that 100 percent of the money for every one of those items goes to saint jude auction.detroitlionspodcast.com or head over to stjude.org slash DLP if you want to do a direct no donation. Just over $600 away from our goal of $30,000. Our secondary goal, because you guys killed it on the original goal of twenty-five k. So thank you all. Thank you all for doing that. All right, let's get into this. This team is just four field goals away from being four and seven. Now, just, just chew on that for a second, it's right? It's true. I mean, four it's... field goals away from four and seven. What does it take to win and Riz I want to kind of think about that for this team for the remainder of this year we've seen we talked about the pass defense looking good we've seen some improvements on the offense the offensive line has looked Mm -hmm. really well Penny Sewell has killed it at right tackle much better than left tackle I think he solved that answer that people had when he first started playing left tackle early Uh, he will be the right tackle Um, yes the offensive line has looked great without Ragnow Ragnow gets there that's you know comes back that'll be a real big plus I mean, the defensive line this last game did not look bad at all. I mean, the, they, they've looked. I mean, they've looked solid. Uh, Captain Ancelone, he's out there. He's been killing it. I mean, as he's been he killing had, it. He had a really good game against Chicago. Every play uh, for the people that were killing him in the beginning of the season. All of a sudden, Collins goes away, and you see again. It's addition by subtraction, which I think is a lot of the Jared Goff syndrome. When you get players, the right players catching the ball, I think you're going to see a lot better Jared Goff out there. But we have pieces coming together. We have things changing. Efeito uh, is coming back. What is it going to take on the remainder of the schedule for this Detroit Lions team to win, Riz? They've got to, uh, again, they still have a small margin for error. That's been a consistent theme. D- Dan Campbell's talked about that a lot. They've got to win the turnover battle in a game. They've got to manage the clock. They've got to stay out of third and 13, third and 17. Uh, they've got to string multiple good drives together. That That's one of the things, and we, we got spoiled a little bit with Stafford, where he would have like, he'd have two or three drives where he's awful. And, and But then he would come back and then they'd score on four of the next five possessions. And this team never strings together like, oh, we got a field goal. Now we're going to get a touchdown. Now we're going to have like an eight-play, three-first down drive where we flip field position, but we punt it. And then we get it back, and then we score again. That's just – that's not what this team has done. That's what they need to do, that that consistency of stringing together good drives on both sides of the ball because the, the defense is doing a pretty good job of that. The offense – it's way too scattershot. You, you just don't know what to get it. And and I think, honestly, that, that will help Dan Campbell get into a flow as a play caller a little bit too. Like, okay, you know, we've had a couple success on a couple of drives here. Now we've got a little bit of freedom. You know, we're not, we're not, we don't, we're not like exasperated to try and score a field goal just to, to try to stay in this game. You know, we might, we might be able to try a few things. Maybe Jared Goff can look down the field a little bit more. Maybe we can work in a, 
God forbid, a jet sweep to Khalif Raymond or something like that or a, a, a gadget pass or, you know, a multi-layered sluggo or something like that, which uh, I'm, I'm not sure that they've run a sluggo route this year. Um, I would like yeah. to see one. Yeah. Um, th- those are the types of things you can do when, when you have more consistent performance on your offense because you're not going to be so backed up against it and so like when when you're losing and, and you know when your coach comes out and says that your margin for error is so small, you're probably not going to take as many risks because that there's more error inherently built into that. And that that's where the ultra conservativeness comes into. I think that if they get, if they can score three out of four, three, three times in four possessions, one of them being a touchdown, I think it's going to open Dan Campbell up. And I think, I think it will take some of that burden off. And I think it will let them play a little bit more. And that's look, the way that their defense is playing now the key is to outscore the other team. It's not just, it's not like we got to hold this team to X. It's like our defense, we know what they're going to do. We have a pretty good idea anyways. They're going to have one be- one or two bad games the rest of the year. Um, and, and one of them could very well come against Minnesota because they're loaded on offense, even without Dalvin Cook. Mm-hmm. But they, there will be opportunities for the offense to like, you know what, if we get 20 in this game, we got this. Um, and, and that's that needs to be their focus is to focus on not just like holding the other team to a low amount, but also trying to score more than that. And I don't think that Dan Campbell has made that connection yet. And I and again, the the building of the offensive consistency like that, I think we'll we'll put that in his mind and help him realize it because that's something that Sean Payton and the New Orleans Saints are masterful at. Yeah, and I'm hopeful that he will will harken back to that. When I look at the team. It, it, it's all about those mistakes. There's like four games, I believe, that they've been outscored by more than 10 points. They've basically been in every single game and had a chance. The ones, they, I mean, like the Bengals game was was just a blowout. And teams have those. I mean, if I go look at the Eagles, you know, game. The Eagles game, a blowout, right? Those things yeah. happen to teams, especially, you know, bad teams. Those happen. But we were competitive with a lot of teams that we weren't supposed to be. We've been within three points, two points, so many games lost in those last field goals against very, very good teams. Mm -hmm. Um, This team, it just feels like it's a mistake or two away. I go back to the the Ravens game where one guy, um, Marlowe, was playing man and everybody else was in zone and he cost us the catch or that was the sorry that was the the, the Vikings game cost us the yes, catch that gave him 19 yards that put him in position to get the winning field goal one play one mistake I think about you know the Ravens game the the the, the uh, delay of game the motion which is a little bit you know questionable hold all kinds of stuff that went on there that went by on you know uncalled i i I hate the idea that all the lions are cursed with refs or oh you got to play better so it doesn't matter that was just a crap play it was a really really bad luck kind of a deal it sucked Loved your condescending tone there that was great (laughs) um so many times these guys have been right there at the end and it's like they have that mistake that one mistake those two mistakes that cost the team they have to play mistake-free football. I think they play mistake-free football. They're a five-win team this year. Now, that's a lot to ask. I don't know team plays mistake-free, right? No, but no, we need don't. to get, at, at least not all the games, we need a game. We need two games like that. And when we can do this, that's when. That's when this team will absolutely be able to turn around and find those wins. The mistakes are coming from everywhere. It's it's different places every game. Sometimes it's the same. Kadero Hodge not fielding the punt from Jack Fox that last game. It cost cost 
cost them 19 yards. Yeah. Those 19 yeah. yards turned into a score. The secondary playing, you know, one guy play on the wrong, on the playing the wrong kind of coverage. Uh, offense, right? One guy throwing, you know, running the wrong route, rounding out the route too early. I'm in raw, right? St. Brown, how, yeah. we were talking earlier about yes, guys did. running routes differently. Yeah. Would have been wide open. The ball was where it was supposed to be. It was a timing yes, route. Was. He wasn't there on time. There's That's a lot great. of these, just these errors that change these ah. games for this team. We're close. We're close. We're not a 10-win team. We're not a 6-win team. We're not a 5-win team. We're not that good. But to win, if they can eliminate the win, if they can eliminate those errors, we can still talk about, is it Hutchinson or Thibodeau? And be number one overall, but have that win to say, okay, guys, we're there. Last piece of that. It's weird how teams absolutely, Tony Ortiz has talked about it a couple of times, the 0-16 team where the guys just shut down at the end of the season. They ran away. They didn't want to mm-hmm. talk to anybody, right? Right around nine losses is when everything shut down. We're at 10 losses now, right? And they're still there. And they're still talking about being on the same page and understanding the same things and that they're missing the same things as the head coach. Mm-hmm. That coach still has them. They're still together. They're still working. They still believe in the team, the system, the coaches, and that they're going to be able to get some wins this year. This is a unique place. I don't think I've seen a team that's been surrounded by so much depressing, horrible you know, luck, everything else associated with it, right? And still been this, believe this much and been this together. It's a testament to the guys in this team. It's a testament to the coaching staff, keeping these folks together, keeping them, you know, focused and with hope and and playing to the very last snap to the best of their ability. This cha- this team will get a win this year. They'll get at least one. They'll get that one win. Uh, yeah. It's going to take. I, I went through, I, yeah. I put it up on Lionsware this morning. I wrote it most of it last night, but it was like, where what are the chances for winning each of the remaining games? And I didn't go over fifty percent in any of the games, and a couple of them are really really low. This week's included. Um, I don't think they see much of a chance against Minnesota. I think I think the Vikings are going to come in and stomp them. Um, I, I think it will be a respectful like it'll it'll be double digits is is my expectation. Um, and I I hope that I'm pleasantly surprised surprised that I'm wrong. But like. Just the law of football averages and karma is like they're going to get one. Um, if you watch Seattle play right now, Detroit's a better football team than Seattle is. Yeah, they are. Uh, and, and that's a team that when you get them in, was it four more weeks, they could be on a new coach by that point. Yeah. Um, and, and like, not that they're trying to push Pete Carroll out, but. I think there's a, a realization with that team, like, you know what, our window's closed. Maybe it's time that we all just, like, pack it up and start over. Mm-hmm. Um, Atlanta, with a new coach, but with an an aging quarterback who's not playing well, that team cannot rush the passer whatsoever. There's an opportunity there. Uh, Denver's, depending on which Denver team shows up, they can, they can beat Denver. I don't mm-hmm. expect them to, but they can. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's, there's. They've shown they there. can play with the Vikings. They can. And Dalvin yeah. Cook is out, right? He's, he's, he's. He, he is. Yes, he is out. So um, there's, there's a shot. There's a shot. He was out last. And, time and the way the Lions' too. pass defense has been, um, unfortunately, most of the the good part of the pass defense has been the coverage. If you have good coverage and no pass rush, Kirk Cousins is going to eviscerate you. You've got to get pressure on him, yeah. and hopefully. Again, this is this is my biggest complaint about Aaron Glenn. 
if you know that you're that Dean Marlowe and Will Harris can't cover, why the hell don't you blitz him? I know Will Harris can blitz. I know he can. I saw him do it at Boston College. We saw some blitzing in the in the last we, game. We did. And he, he had a good he had a good effective blitz in the last game. Yep. He had a great blitz in the game before that. The Pittsburgh uh, yep. two game. The the Pittsburgh game. I thought he did a great he had a, I think he had a sack, did he not? Yep. Maybe not. He had a pressure. Um try, 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 try to win. Yep. You know, Playing to win, you play to win the game. They don't, and I think this is one of the big criticisms of Dan Campbell. To, to summarize, is he's not playing to win. I think he's he playing, is now. I think that we're seeing that that evolution. I hope so. I hope I hope that we see that. I because he he certainly didn't play to win on Thanksgiving, and that was unfortunately the national audience got to see that, and I think that the national. Like there's been buzz for Dan. Like I, I think mm-hmm. most most of the national media has been fairly positive and optimistic towards it, and that's okay. See change when everybody saw him coach that on Thursday, mm-hmm. and he's got to do something to win that back. Yep. Um, I, I know it's not that important to the guys in the room, but for those of us who cover the guys in the room and those of us who want the guys in the room to be more successful, that can't be the last impression you leave on people um, and then go winless. They, they've got to get, they've got to get one. And some of that's on Dan to be more aggressive and more confident in his own coaching. Cause I don't think he's doing that right now. <laughs> okay. I want to get a couple of things here. First, Hattori one fifteen and one winning against the Packers, no home field for them. Secure 10, a draft hutch. <laughs> My guy works for me. I like it right in the hell of a book. I like it. Um, I want to really quick. We we talked about the auction in St. Jude. Uh, Don, who dropped fifty bucks on the uh, the uh, the St. Jude piece here today and and last week and the week before. Don's super awesome. super generous well guy. Uh, I just went from the chat. Motivational moment for all watching tonight. My PSA was a little high. My last doctor checkup, so I had to do a biopsy today. Prostate only about twenty percent chance of cancer, and I have really good insurance. Not going to lie, it's still nerve wracking. Think of the kids that have something really serious and the parents that cannot afford that level of care. God bless St. Jude's. Please give. Your generosity truly means something. We're with you there, Don. Good luck, buddy. Absolutely. Uh, wish yeah, you good best, luck. Man. Need yeah. some good news. All right. Fingers crossed, baby. With that, we will get into the Hutch versus Thibs kind of talk here in, in the next couple of weeks. We still have the season to catch. I yep. very, very honestly haven't done a lot of college film looking, and, and I have a, a – a plan this year to really accelerate. Riz, you're still in on the Senior Bowl, right? This year, right. absolutely. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm driving this year too. I'm not flying. Really? Okay. Yeah. I, and I want just when we're done in five minutes to talk about that. But yeah, absolutely. Senior Bowl. We're gonna have some good coverage. Fourteen hours straight south. <laughs> we are going to be on the uh, on Radio Row again. We we'll got the whole thing covered. We will give you all the coverage from, from Senior Bowl, and we will definitely uh, have your your chat and your coverage of the draft this year. I think oh yeah. Some really yeah. And, and we will have, um, we've, we've got draft guests um, who would love to be with us. We've had Luke Easterling, okay. Kyle Krabs. Um, uh, what's his name? I'm blanking on his name. Um, oh Emery? my God. Emery would be great. Emery's yes. Awesome. We'll get Emery back. And hopefully this time we'll get him on video because he, he brings up the handsomeness quotient of this, oh. the show quite a bit. Um Smoking. He just got hired by ESPN to like help McShay. Um, Jordan Reed, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, it came to me in my head. Um, uh, jo- Jordan's a good dude, um, and I, 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 I've been on his podcast, so he owes me one. So he's gonna he's gonna come on our podcast. Awesome, awesome. Probably not not until after the season. 
Yeah, um, yeah. It, it's tough to get draft before then. I mean, we we can hint around at it. Um, I I don't know who I would take at number one yet. I don't think we have any idea. Um, and just one thing, we learned this in Cleveland the hard way. You do not get squad douche out of the organization when John Dorsey is a member of the organization. Mm-hmm. He is the greatest plumber of front office people in the entire NFL. Mm-hmm. And it's been proven in Kansas City. It's been proven in Cleveland. And it will be proven in Detroit, too. So don't expect us to know exactly what they're going to be doing. We've uh, talked about his canary traps in the past. Yeah, absolutely. And he, I would he's, expect he's really, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure that he's good at a lot of things, but he's really damn good at that. <laughs> yeah. I would expect soon to start seeing some of that action. Uh, yep. Canary trap action, and, and we'll start seeing some changes in the in the office and coaching. So yeah, we we we, did, we talked about the Condoleezza Rice one that was great, was great, <laughs> gold. <laughs> so there you go. We will cover the draft in depth. Right now, um, we're at the point we're still covering the team. There's still football, and frankly, there's Rams watch. Uh, their their pick um, is going to be interesting. Is it going to be where we thought it was? It feels like it's going to be a little bit lower. We're hearing a lot about Matthew Stafford. Uh, what is it? Uh, elbow. Hand and back injuries. Hand back. It's, Odell Beckham has a contusion on his back. He is a European soccer player at heart, so he's going to milk that for all that it's worth. Yep. Um, a la Eric Ebron, who got cleated in the foot and made it look like he had his Achilles, both of oh them God. torn at the same time. Oh, my God. That was crazy. That was that was really uh, – you, and you guys are sitting right there in the end zone, weren't you, you and your yeah, son? My, my, yeah. my son saw it the whole time. He's like, his foot got stepped on, Dad. <laughs> So there you go. He's down, they got they got they got a car out. They got a stretcher out. They got like four trainers on the field. Yep. They got his foot stepped on. <laughs> with that, uh, and with the the kind of idea of Rams watch for that uh, that draft pick, I want to talk a little bit about um, the deal on Stafford. And I said it's one of those things that the perception around that deal is going to change over time. The beginning mm-hmm. of the year. You know, Lions fans had hope. Right, the hopium was burning, and, and we were all sitting in the hopium den. Um, but as the the year played out, the narrative very clearly became, and, and it, it wasn't without help from the networks and their broken down car, and the sad Stafford gets on the plane, and it's sunshine in L.A. Right, all that crap. That it couldn't be that you know Stafford had a good deal and he had, it had a good team. No, no, it had a crap on Detroit on the way. It was I was so frustrated at that point, but. What's happening? Well, Matthew Stafford's turning into he's he's the Matthew Stafford. He is what we thought he was. He's he's does the things that we know he does. He's a great quarterback. Love the guy to death. But just because you surrounded him with all those people, all of a sudden he's not that amazing super superstar. He's still Matthew Stafford with a very Jared Goff Rams record, which probably more it's level with probably more talent surrounding him than Jared Goff had. Uh, it's very very interesting. Um, that Rams watch, that thing is going to be interesting. So where are we on this deal? Well, Stafford had a really bad game, frankly. I mean, he there's did. people that will say he had, he had you know, yards and all that, but that game was lost at the hands of Matthew Stafford, and they played, tried, had to play catch up, and he had to get into superstar, superhero 36 mode. 36-10 to 10 mm-hmm. after his pick six. And superhero mode on Matthew Stafford, Lions fans should know that's not where you want him to be, and in many yeah. cases, you're there because he got you there. So where are you? Well, if you if you say, oh, we're going to take the temperature right now, holy cow, Stafford is no good. That's not the case. He's better than what he played this week, right? Yeah. There's there's somewhere in there that Matthew Stafford and he's 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 streaky. I think is a good a good way to put it. He he does well. He does poorly, and he can be streaky from quarter to quarter, from half to half in a game. The Rams watch on that on that draft pick will be interesting. But when you look at this deal that we got for him, 
And I'm going to look for points specifically at those injuries that are troubling him right now. Um, in another year, once we've got our two, our first round pick, we've had two first round picks, right? And maybe mm-hmm. we've put some talent around Goff and he's not bad, right? He's not hamstringing your team and you're getting wins. And then the year after that, when we have two more first round picks or whatever we trade and, and, and put together out of those things, I think very much so the the narrative or the, the the look back is going to be that the Lions won that trade. And I'll tell you, Matthew Stafford has not signed an extension. He's got this year and next year on that contract, and that's it. He very well may be done after these two years. And, and if his back, you know, look, the one thing I know, and I've heard and I've seen it a lot, once you have a back problem, it doesn't get better. It doesn't go away. Back problems are forever. He keeps playing. He keeps getting hurt more and more. He knows that, right? He's a competitive guy. At some point, though, Kelly's going to get what she wants, and he's not going to be playing anymore. They don't need money. Mm -mm. No. All all they need in their – and if you ask – the leader of that family, what they need, they just need fame for Kelly. That's all they need. <laughs> That's all they need. Uh, everything else, every other need has been met. Um, very, very interesting. That, that might need more pretzels. Yeah. <laughs> there might be one heading this way. Uh, <laughs> but that's it. I don't, I don't know. And in two years, if he does retire... And we're now on our fourth first round pick after that. You can't tell me we won't be talking about winning that trade. If if they don't win a Super Bowl this year, Riz, next year isn't going to be easier for them, right? It means next year everything has to go right. The Von Miller money, yeah. the I mean the OBJ money, the Stafford money. I mean, everything has to go right, and they have no first round they, picks. They don't have any first round picks. Their left tackle, Andrew Whitworth should have retired last year. Look, I love Andrew Whitworth. He's one of my favorite players. He is done, as done as Ben Roethlisberger is at quarterback. Yeah, They don't have the means to replace that because they don't have the cap room and they don't have draft picks. Yep. Yep. They, they when, we, when we said, when all of us wrote the all-in, we meant it. Like, they really did go all-in this year. Like, they're not going to be as good next year by design. Yep. They, they saw the opportunity to win right now. And they went for it, and I applaud them for going for it because I would want my team to do it if they were in that position. But if it doesn't work, it looks really bad. For you hockey fans, the New York Rangers did that back in the day when they were trying to string out the end of the Mark Messier era, Hmm. and they brought in Valeri Kamensky, and they brought in, oh, a a bunch of dudes, and it it just didn't work. This is the rare Riz hockey reference. Holy cow. Dude, in the the 90s, I watched hockey more than I watched any other sport. Um, Me too. Just – just the way it was. Yeah. Um, uh, it helped that I ordered the NHL, whatever their game pass is, one year, and they never shut it off. So I get to watch every <laughs> game every year, and I never paid for it, which is great. Hence their, <laughs> need, their monetary need, need that kind of look again. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that, that, you know, you can have some lean years. The, the Rangers had some some rough times after that. Well, and that's uh, going to be the thing. How does How do the Rams recover after this? Right. And and it'll be an interesting because they may we've seen teams come back more often than not. They don't. How how what does Les need have? He doesn't have much ammo. He has a cap that's blown up. How that comes, how they emerge He's out got of that nice hair, yeah, how they emerge out of that. I don't know. And this very well may be what costs Sean McVay his gig. Which is a whole nother oh. interesting combo, right? I mean, holy it's cow. It's going to be 
the the story on the 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 love triangle there of Jared Goff, Sean McVay, and not Sean McVay's girlfriend, but rather Matthew Stafford. It's going to be fascinating in how it's perceived now versus how it's perceived in like 2026. Because I do, I, I think you're right. I do think it's going to change. I think that the Lions fans' perception of it will absolutely change once we know what we've got for him. Like right now, they're just abstract draft pieces. If you tell me that that winds up being Kenny Pickett, and then the year after that, it's um, uh, I don't know the, the the wide receiver from a wide receiver from Alabama mm-hmm. will be in the first round because they always have one. Right, right. Um, they have one this year too, although he got thrown out of the game the other day for targeting because he was playing special teams. By the way, Nick Saban, don't play your fucking starters on special teams, you dumbass. <laughs> we'll see. Damn, we'll, we'll, we'll talk to him about cost that. Himself a, a, damn near cost himself a college football playoff because he refuses to play backups on special teams. We'll talk to, we'll talk to him about that. Uh, at Senior Bowl, because he's always there. We will. Yeah, we will. we'll grab him on that. Never ceases to amaze me how short he is. Yeah, <laughs> so true. Bobby um, Bowden, too. Bobby Bowden, like, didn't even come up to my nipples. <laughs> he was tiny, and he always wore, the, like, the sun hat. And even the sun hat was below my chin. <laughs> All right, really quick, we got to talk about Amazon. Amazon at DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. It's that holiday season. It's the holiday season. And my balls need squeezing. Head on over to Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com to get all of your holiday needs. Get those things taken care of. I will implant the very, very lutest Christmas lyrics in your head. I was talking about it last week. My wife was has has repeated. She told me today, she's like, I was out and I've just now started inserted bag words into Christmas lyrics because my brain, yes. my, I've trained this into her. Um, it's I'm a good time to be around for Christmas for sure. Uh, Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. You go there, you go right to the Amazon site. It just sets a little cookie in your browser so they know that we sent you and they give us a little kickback. They take no cost to you. They just take a couple pennies out of Bezos' pocket and slide them over to the podcast to help us keep things running. So your help there is super, super appreciated. It's a great way to help the show, support the show by doing something you are going to do anyway. Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Let's look ahead to the Minnesota Vikings. Here we are. This is the scariest part of the game. We're facing another coach in a difficult position. <laughs> This seems to be the one thing that really puts the Lions on the ropes. We played so well against them in in Minnesota. You would say, well, the home field advantage. We have an opportunity to really lean into them. I'm not sure how much of an advantage there's going to be at home field this time. Having been to the Dallas game last year, was it? No, the year before at this time of year. In yeah, this a, yeah. even better record than this, although not markedly better, not but better. Yeah. Yeah. It was not a home friendly crowd. So, what do you think? What do you see happening here, Riz, in this game against the Vikes? If a Dalvin uh, Cook is out, we've got the top mm-hmm. ten NFL cover unit. We're good, right? I just don't see it happening this weekend. Sorry, I'm. Uh, I know you're coming to the game. I don't want to rain in your parade. No, I'm. I'm hopeful that I'm wrong. I'm always hopeful that I'm wrong when I pick the Lions to lose. But I think, I think Minnesota is is a, in a must win game. Like if they they have very legitimate playoff aspirations. They're a second place team right now. They are in a giant cluster of teams that's competing for what was it two wild card spots, mm-hmm. three wild card spots. They're they on paper are one of the three best teams in that group. And if they don't live up to it, you better believe their coach is going to be gone. So they they need this. I think their offense has been more fine-tuned of late. 
Justin Jefferson is a freaking star. That guy's an incredible receiver. Like, I like Jerry a lot. I, I like what Amani is really becoming. He's yeah. emerging yeah. As, a, as a bit of a playmaker. The problem is, is that the Vikings have more than one. And, and Cousins, when he's not pressured, is smart enough to find it. If they don't press, if they don't rush the passer on this one, this is the week where they give up over thirty points, and I don't think that the offense can keep up as bad as as New England or uh, as Minnesota's pass rush is. They do stop the run pretty well. They have linebackers who who seek and destroy at the second level pretty darn well, and that's going to be a problem for this offense, especially without Swift. Um, I'm very curious how much run the backups behind Jamal Williams get. Are we going to see more of Godwin Iguabuike taking the plays that are designed more for Swift? This is one of my criticisms of, of Coach Campbell is that when Jamal and DeAndre are two very distinct backs, right. but when one of them goes out, they ask the other one to run the same plays in that system, and that's yeah. dumb. It's stupid. Mm-hmm. You don't do that. And that that's, that's a coaching mistake. That's something that they have to learn from. I'm hopeful that they learn from it enough that, like, okay, we got Jamal this time, so we need somebody who's got a little bit of vitality on the outside. Godwin Aguibuike is a perfect guy for that. Exactly. Let, let's, let's see him get 10 touches this week. Let's talk That'd about Vegas nice. really quick. Let's talk about Vegas and what they think. They got Minnesota minus 300, the Lions plus 235. Right. But it's only a seven-point differential. Got bought down. Started at seven and a half. Yeah, yeah. Seven points is to me that's pretty close. Uh, could, over under a forty-six off. and a half. I mean, I think they can pull it off against the points. All right. So that that's telling you that it's what a twenty-eight to twenty-one game, yeah. 27-20. Yeah. I can see that being the final score. I, I I would give an extra field goal to the Vikings, make it thirty-twenty. Hmm, interesting. Um, scoring twenty will require some. A good special teams play, um, a turnover or two. Kirk Cousins will turn the ball over. Mm-hmm. Alexander Madison will turn the ball over. Um, look, he's really good, and he he destroyed us last year when Dalvin Cook didn't play. This this will be the third time in a row that they've played the Vikings without Dalvin Cook. This defense held the Rams to twenty eight points, and we scored nineteen. Right, Josh Reynolds brings something. I I expect. I think a 20 points out of us is good. Um, they haven't allowed more than 16 in the last three weeks. No. I, this is going to be where the, this that's is where, the, where the, that's where the level of competition comes in, though. Yep. And they have not played an offense as good as Minnesota's. Yep. Well, even without Cook, I, I think the Browns were probably the closest that they had to that. And, and Andy Dalton, like you said, criminally underrated. I mean, he's he's a pretty good guy, but he didn't have he a whole play. lot of targets. He didn't have a Rob out there. He was missing some guys. Um, but the Vikings, they don't have Dalvin Cook. It's they. I mean, they still have a run game, right? But it's still it's not Dalvin Cook. I think that no, that puts a little bit of an opportunity in the Lions' hands. I believe that this game, the thing that will make this game for the Lions is uh, ball control, time of possession, and executing deeper passes throughout the game. Right? I'm not talking about a long passing game for all you know throughout the game, but ball control. And being able to score more than thirteen points. I mean, we have. I, mean, I guess we had fourteen against the Bears, but and sixteen against the Steelers. But we're just not scoring outside. I mean, it's always fourteen, seventeen, right? We're not scoring twenty-two points. I think we scored over twenty points twice this year. 
twice this year, over 20 points. San Francisco, and that game was that was 38-10 at one point, so that wasn't really that doesn't really count. San Francisco count, was, really yeah, 33 we scored. Over 20, nope, nope, we haven't scored. We scored over 20 once. Once. And I think that's where the difference in this game comes oh, from. Yeah. We need the offense to deliver because what, what what's hurt our defense more than anything? Being on the field all the time. The offense needs to hold the ball. The offense needs to convert that time of possession mm-hmm. into points. And the defense, I think, will hold. I think the defense you, will you hold. You talk about the margin for error. The more plays you play on defense, the more chances there are for error. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All right, that's it. That's the look ahead. That's this week's show. Again, just to, to give folks a, an idea, uh, no show on Friday with Tony. I've, I'm flying out tomorrow to go do some some. Fa- I have to take care of some family stuff in Michigan. As a result, I will be going to the Lions game on Sunday. So I'm going with Sandman. We'll see if we can put some kind of stream together after the show. Not the official normal post game show, but put something together on YouTube for you to to enjoy and, and spend some time with. Hit the like button, the subscribe button on the YouTube if you would. We appreciate everyone that does that. It's right Helps there. us with the algorithm. Yeah. It's tough to be a Lions show these days. It really is. And any support and help you give, we appreciate it. We've been doing it now for five and a half years, or is, or is it six and a half years? Six and a half uh, years. Whatever, whatever 379 divided by whatever is. Six and a half. I'm not good at math. Yes, yeah, six and a half years, my, my friend. My, my seventh grade daughter asked my 10th grade son for math help instead of me because she, she just knows. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to count single digits here. Uh, six and a half years we've been doing this, and wow. the, the the losses far outnumber the wins, I can tell you that. So uh, give us the support, like, subscribe, all that sort of stuff. We really, really appreciate the support from all you guys. More importantly, though, stjude.org slash DLP or auction.detroitlionspodcast.com. Help us raise some money and help these sick kids. It's that time of year, and it's, you know, between that and in the summer, it's the Fisher House. Those are the two big charities. It's kind of the big way. We can give don't back. Forget, and don't forget out. about Fisher House during the holidays. Yeah, yeah, they, for real. They still need your help. Yep, absolutely. All right, with that, we're going to call it a show. Thank you for tuning in. Don't forget about us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. It's another way you can do a donation as little as a dollar a month if you sign up there and you get access to the most intelligent Lions chat on the internet. And I am not wrong. Nobody that's been in there has said that this is not the smartest group of people with the best conversation anywhere on the internet. That little dollar barrier creates a whole really, really matters, environment. Man. I am telling you, it is the best. One of the best things to come out of this podcast is that that community. It's a great Definitely. group of people. Absolutely. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Get in there, get access. Also, follow us on Twitter at DET Lions podcast, DET Lions podcast, and at Jeff Risden. Jeff Risden, give him up. And give us a call on Skype at Detroit Lions podcast. All one word, Detroit Lions podcast. Or call us on the Lions line at 929-33-LIONS. It's 929-335-4667. And be sure to go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Subscribe to the podcast because Riz wants to. I want to come into your ear holes automatically. Ooh, we got little, little shivers. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions podcast. Best of luck, Don. Thank you for joining us. Remember, no pants, no toasters, no hot tubs, no problems. Because we are your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. I like the lion. Cool. Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This 
show is over. You've had enough of that shit.